Welcome to Rooftop Church. This podcast is part of our Sunday sermon series, where each week we dive into the Word of God and the powerful message of Christ. We ask that we would be edified, and then in all things God, you alone will be glorified. Amen. Today, I'd like to share with you two truths uh, found in this passage, and I'll close off the message by giving you two applications. The first truth found in this message is this. There will be a day of judgment. That's the first truth found in this passage. There will be a day of judgment. Let me read to you one more time, verses 31 to 33. Jesus says this, but when the Son of Man comes in His glory and all the angels with Him, then He will sit on His glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before Him, and He will separate them from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats, and He will put the sheep on His right and the goats on the left. Then the King will say to those on His right, come you who are blessed of my Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. We read here that at Jesus' second coming, he's going to sit on his glorious throne and gather all people, all the nations before him, and he will separate people from one another. In other words, what Jesus is saying here is that everyone, every person will have to face Jesus on judgment day and give an account. Jesus says that he's going to separate the people from one another as a shepherd separates the sheep and the goats. One thing just to kind of, you know, just to think about here is during that time in the Palestinian world, you know, the the sheep and the goats, they will graze together in the daytime. And then when nighttime came, actually the shepherd will separate the goats from the sheep. It's because that the goats, they preferred warmth and the shelter, while sheep, they preferred the open night or open air at nighttime. In the same way, you know, Jesus allows the sheep and the goats to be and to live together in this world. But on that judgment day, Jesus will shepherd, or not shepherd, separate the sheep and the goats. The sheep he'll put to his right, and the goats he'll put to his left. And he says here in verse 34, and to the sheep on it, right? He says, and the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's to the sheep on his right. But to the goats on his left, in verse, in verse 41 and 46, he says this, then he will also say to those on his left, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire. These will go away into eternal punishment. Anyone right-handed here? Raise your hand. You're safe. Anyone left-handed? Good. No, just point. That's not what Jesus is saying here, okay? Just for the record, that's not what Jesus is saying here in the Bible at all, all right? We read that the sheep on Jesus' right will spend eternity in heaven, enjoying all that God and His kingdom have to offer. We read throughout Scripture some glimpses and descriptions of heaven and what His kingdom will be like. Let Let me share some with you. According to Scripture, it says that heaven or the kingdom of God, there will be no more sin, no more shame, no more guilt, no more Satan, no more evil, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death, no more fears and insecurities or worries. It says that heaven will be glorious. It says that the streets are paved with gold and the walls and the gates are adorned with precious metals. 
How many animal lovers here today? According to Isaiah 65, this is my personal belief, I think we're going to be able to hang out with crazy animals, animals that you and I can't go up to and touch and hang out with now, right? Like lions and bears and tigers, oh my, right? I'm looking forward to hanging out with bears and riding them if I can, whatnot. I think the kingdom of God is going to be like that. Again, just look up Isaiah 65. That's where I get it from. And most importantly, Scripture says that heaven is God's abode. What does that mean? It's where God dwells. Heaven is a place when we will finally be face-to-face with Jesus, having this intimate, direct, and perfect relationship with Him. But Jesus also said to the goats on His left, He says, they will spend eternity in hell, having to endure all that hell will unleash on them. And Scripture also gives us some description of what hell is going to be like. It says that it's an unquenchable fire, eternal fire that doesn't go out, outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. I, I, I was like, weeping and gnashing? I was like, why would you gnash your teeth? And I read that some people say you gnash your teeth because it's either anger, stress, frustration, or extreme pain. Bible also says that hell is an eternal punishment, a place of torment and destruction We can imply physical, mental distress forever, and ultimately, the absence of God and anything good. You see, church, when it comes to eternity, there are only two options, heaven or hell. There is no in-between. There is no purgatory, as some will teach and believe. Once we pass from this earth, we have no more opportunity. There isn't a second chance. How we respond to Jesus here on earth will determine our final destination. Now, the question is, who are the sheep and the goats? We've been talking about sheep and the goats. Who are they? This is what Jesus says about the sheep in verses 35 and 36. He says, for I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. This is what he says about the goats. These are the goats, verses 42 and 43. For I was hungry, and you gave me nothing to eat. Pretty much the opposite. I was thirsty, and you gave me nothing to drink. I was a stranger, and you did not invite me in. Naked, and you did not clothe me. Sick and in prison, and you did not visit me. According to these verses, the sheep are those who cared for the people that were in need. Especially, according to verse 40, those who belong to the family of God that were in need. And the goats, well, they were the ones who didn't do that, right? But we have to be careful here, church. Reading this passage alone, it can cause someone to think that, hey, I can get into heaven if I do good works. I can get into heaven um, if, if I feed the poor, right, if I clothe those that are naked, if I visit those that are sick, if, if I come and, and take care of those in prison. A lot of people reading this passage alone without thinking or without keeping in mind what the Bible says about salvation may think that salvation can be earned or it's a works-based salvation. But we as followers of Jesus Christ, we know that this isn't true, right? Because we read in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 through 9, he says this, for by grace... You have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not as a result of work so that no one may boast. 
Therefore, according to the Scripture, salvation is by grace alone, through faith alone, and Jesus Christ alone. Amen, church? So the sheep that Jesus is referring to are not those who just do simply good works. Because you and I, we know people. We know people that don't know Jesus, but they do extremely, uh, they do a lot of good works. They do a lot of good deeds. Rather, the sheep that Jesus is referring to here are those who have accepted the gospel message and have been transformed by the gospel message. And therefore, as a result, do good works. Care for those that are in need, especially those that belong to the family of God. We care for one another not to be saved. Rather, we care for one another because we are already saved. You see, their actions in caring for the people of God, especially when they're in need, demonstrate their genuine faith and their love for Jesus. Ephesians 2.10, it says, For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, already prepared for us in advance. James chapter 4, verse 26, it says, For just as a body without the spirit is dead, faith without deeds is dead. One more, John 13, 35, By this all men will know that you are my disciples. How? If you have love for one another. Again, people who have accepted the gospel of Christ and have been transformed by it. Church, if we are the sheep of His flock, we are to love and we are to care for one another, especially those that belong to the family of God. Amen, church? So again, you know, let me remind you of the first truth found in this passage. It's the fact that there will be a day of judgment. And on that day of judgment, Jesus will separate the sheep and the goats, those that have accepted and those that have been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and those that we're not. One will enter into the kingdom of God for eternity, while the other will enter into hell for eternity. There will be a day of judgment. Let me give you the second truth found in this passage. Hell was not for man. Hell was not for man. Verse 41, Jesus says this, depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire which has been prepared for who? The devil and his angels. He says that hell has been prepared for the devil and his angels. Notice that. Do you know, church, that God desires no man, no person to spend eternity in hell? 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 to 4, it says, This is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men, all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of truth. 2 Peter 3, 9, the Lord is not slow about his promise. And the promise that he's talking about here is his promise of his second coming. It says that the Lord is not slow about his promise, as some count slowness, but is patient towards you. Why? Not, one, not wishing anyone to perish, but everyone for all to come to repentance. Church, this is the very heart of God. He desires no man, no person to spend eternity in hell totally separated from him for eternity. 
You know, this provides me a lot of solace and comfort knowing that this is the heart of God because I don't know about you, I have people that I love. I have people around me in my circle that don't know Jesus. If they were to die today, I know where their final destination will be. But knowing that this is the very heart of God, that he desires no man, no person to perish for eternity, I can pray to him. I can look to him and say, God, this is what you said in your word. I'm going to contend for that. You know, I know people say, this is an old age question, if God is so loving, then why does he send people to hell? And to that I say, he doesn't send anyone to hell. God doesn't send anyone to hell. Rather, it's our choice in rejecting God's gift of love, Jesus Christ, that sends us or sends anyone to hell. See, Scripture actually says that because God is so loving that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to dwell with us here on earth and to die on the cross so that you and I and anyone in this world would have the opportunity that once we die from this earth that we will be able to dwell with Him in His kingdom for eternity. Amen, church. For God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his one and only son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8, God demonstrates his love for us that while we were yet still sinners, Christ died for us. God is a holy God. He needs to judge sin, and he did. How did he do that? By making Jesus become sin for us to die on the cross so that in Christ, you and I and anyone else who would put our faith in him would be forgiven and would receive salvation. But in order for us to put on his righteousness, we have to place our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. You see, the gift of salvation, it's free. It's paid by the blood of Christ. But the effect of salvation only takes place when we put our faith in Jesus. It's free, but it only takes effect when you and I and anyone else, we put our faith in Jesus. And I remember when I was in grad school, um, I had a classmate, uh, a friend that was sitting next to me. We weren't weren't super close, but, um, you know, he told me, I said, hey, Tab, you know what? I got two tickets to um, the LA Kings, right, the hockey team. He says, hey, you want to go with me? I'll give you the second ticket, you know. I thought about it. It's free, right? It cost him some money, but it was going to be absolutely free for me. If I accepted it, I would have gone and enjoyed a hockey game, right? But I didn't. (laughs) I refused, and I had a couple of reasons. Like, I didn't know him too well, number one, right? And I didn't feel too comfortable, and I was kind of shy, and I was like, I don't know, bro, I don't know, man, <laughs> right? But if I said yes, then I would have had the opportunity to enjoy L.A. Kings hockey game. And to be honest with you, I kind of regret it, because I heard hockey games are super fun to watch. Anybody watch hockey games in person before? I heard they're, like, really fun, you know, especially when they fight, I think. So I, I kind of missed that opportunity. I know it's just a hockey game, technically, I can buy a ticket right now. I don't know if they're in season or not, but I can buy a ticket. I can go watch a hockey game with Deb or any of you that want to go watch a hockey game that never watched a hockey game in your life, right? I have many opportunities to buy tickets to a hockey game. I can, I, I can do it right now. 
But church, when it comes to eternity, we only have one opportunity. It's only one chance. It's here on earth. There's only one time of this being offered to us, and it's here on earth. And again, like I said earlier, how we respond to Jesus in this lifetime will determine our final destination, whether that's heaven or hell. And I remind you one more time, again, the second truth, what hell was not for man. Apart from Satan and his angels, God doesn't want anyone to spend eternity in hell. But in order for you and I or anyone else to have this ticket into eternity with God and His kingdom, one must respond to the free gift of salvation by playing, placing their faith in Jesus Christ. So just as a refresher, two truths found in this passage. One is this, there will be a day of judgment. There will be a day of judgment. God will separate the sheep and the goats, those who have accepted and have been transformed by the gospel from those that have not. That's the first truth. Second truth, hell was not for man. Now what? How are these truths relevant to us today? In response to that, I'll close with two applications. Simple, very brief. First application is this, and those of you tuning in as well, if you have not put your faith in Jesus Christ, today is the day of your salvation. Know that there's a God who loves you so much that He sent His one and only Son, Jesus Christ, to die on the cross for our sins so that in Christ we would be forgiven, that we would be redeemed, that we would have this living hope of when I pass from this earth, I'm going to be able to dwell with God in His kingdom for eternity and experience and enjoy all that God and His kingdom have to offer us. It's a free gift. All we need to do is accept it and receive it and put our faith in Jesus Christ. Maybe there's some of you watching, maybe some of you in here, you've never put your faith in Christ, and you feel a tugging at your heart saying, you know, I don't fully grasp God, I don't fully grasp Christianity in its ways, but I do feel the sense of, man, I want to come to know who this God is, this God of love. I want to encourage you, come to Him and say, God, I don't know you, but I want to come to know you. Would you reveal yourself to me? Now, for those of us, I'm assuming many of us here, you're like, Tav, you just preached kind of a gospel message. I'm already saved. I already know Jesus. I put my faith in Him. I have this living hope for eternity. Amen. By a show of hands, how many of you have family members, friends, neighbors, coworkers that don't know Jesus? If they were to die right now, you know where they're heading, and it's not heaven. Yes? I do. If I know this truth that, hey, we're all facing judgment, but hell wasn't for man, Jesus calls us in his, in his word to be witnesses of him, to be unashamed, to be bold, in word and deed, to declare the gospel and the good news of Jesus Christ to those that don't know him yet. And I want to encourage you, church, for those of us that have already put our faith in Jesus, I know that we come to church, I'm not saying you're not um, being intentional or being mindful, but I want to encourage you as we come to church every Sunday, we hear a message, we worship together, you know, it's, for me, it's kind of a launching point. We're going to go into that real world for many of us. We're going to go into a world full of people that don't know Jesus. 
as we launch off this week to keep in mind, Jesus, I want to be your witness. Jesus, I want to declare your love, your goodness. I want to show my friends, my family members, my coworkers, those around me of who you are. Because like you, God, I don't want anyone to spend eternity in hell. Amen, church. I encourage you, including myself, let's be missional. Let's keep in mind that as we await the day of judgment, knowing that hell was not for man, if we're saved already, let's go out this week in the weeks to come and say, Jesus, use me. Help me to be a witness. Help me to do the work of an evangelist. You desire no man to perish, but every person to come into the saving knowledge of your truth. God, help me to declare that. Help me to share this good news to people around me and in my life. Amen, church? Amen. Let's have the worship team up here. Let me close us with a word of prayer.